Right. Good morning, everyone. So you can't quite see me at the moment and you can't quite see Shukri at the moment. That's perfectly okay. It's nothing wrong with your screen. It's got to do with us. So I'm going to come on and I'm going to invite Shukri to come on. All right. Hello. Hi, good morning. Morning. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Yeah. So today is an interesting life for me, at least, uh, because it's the first time I'm having a guest on board my life. Wow, on it. And, and, and Shukri is, should be honored to be the first one as my guest. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yeah, so maybe uh, we just start today's session with something that we are grateful for. Lah. So I'm just going to start while Shukri prepares himself to answer that question or like what he's grateful for for today because I didn't prepare him beforehand with regards to this <laughs> question. Uh, but as the as the, the, the introduction was playing just now, I was thinking, oh yeah, actually I'm quite grateful for for quite a couple of things. So I'm probably going to like share a few. So mm. I think one of the things that I've, I'm grateful for is really um, uh, being able to learn how to do like these lives and, and this like video recording over this period of the circuit breaker. Uh, something that I have mentioned that I wanted to do, but always had the, the, the excuse, right? To say that, oh, got no time, got no time. Then now with circuit breaker, actually have time. Lah. So therefore we started to explore this, right? A little bit more. I think the other thing that I'm grateful for is definitely uh, grateful to have the opportunity to actually see Shukri's journey. So I posted this morning on my personal page because uh, a memory for, uh, on Facebook popped up and it was Shukri nine years ago uh, in a primary school conducting a session. And I thought, how, how apt, right, that, the, that this memory popped up? Probably Facebook is eavesdropping uh, on the conversations and the thoughts that we are having, right? So, so it kind of like popped up and then showed that particular video of Shukri in the classroom. And I, I marveled at how, how like things have grown, how, how Shukri has also grown as a person from a sec two student leader when I first met him <laughs> all the way until where he is now, where he's like a in-house trainer with Under Armour and doing great work in the region. Uh, and really, I think applying all that he has learned through the years and, and more Right, so much so that actually now I, I, uh, I think me and a few others are like consulting him, right, to say, hey, you know how you do this uh, online? How do you do this digitally? How do you do this virtually? So, so it, it's no longer like as if, uh, I am the mentor, I am his boss kind of situation, but more of like, we are peers now, and I think it's really heartening to just have that that growth in terms of him as an individual, and then also the relationship that we have over time. Uh, how many years really? Oh my goodness. Shukri can remember or not? Uh, when I was in sec 2, that was about 2008. So that's about 12 years ago. <laughs> 12 years ago, right? 12, 12 years, ago. years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So so it's been an interesting journey. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm also very grateful to have seen him grown. I think the last thing that I'm grateful for, at least to share during this session, is to, to actually have Shukri as my first guest. Right. I, 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 it wasn't planned. It was just like, okay, I asked, you know, when are y'all available amongst the mm -hmm. guests? And then they kind of like book their spots. And then Shukri says, so, you know, he's available today. Then I'm like, oh, cool. He's <laughs> literally my first guest <laughs> onto the live stream. And I, I'm really, I'm really glad to have him uh, as, as, as part of this session, uh, this mm -hmm. uh, Ramadan ex circuit breaker uh, special edition of the program. Uh -huh. uh, so maybe I, I allow Shukri to speak a little bit about himself. So maybe share a bit about yourself and then some things that you're grateful for today. It doesn't have to be three, it can be one, it can be two. Uh, yeah. 
Um, first, I think first and foremost, thank you so much, Michelle, uh, for um, putting this together. I think um, it's really amazing because uh, I think we spoke about this. I mean, I've seen the previous life that you had with uh, people backpackers um, about uh, the different noises that we hear, right? And I thought when you put this together, uh, I think it's a good time as well because it's really a good time. Like, I really think so. So what am I grateful for? Uh, maybe I just answer the grateful grateful part first. Um, I'm grateful that uh, we are able to get connected. I mean, not just us, everyone else, I mean, in, globally can be connected through the use of technology. I am really thankful for that because, um, I mean, just to just, if you look back, right, if let's say it was 15 years ago, even 10 years ago for that matter, right, just imagine if this whole COVID happens without smartphones, without technology, which people may deem as um, a very negative thing. Uh, I think people will go really, really crazy. Uh, but of course, <laughs> at the same time, and right now as well, uh, you know, uh, the, the misuse of technology as well. So I think I'm very grateful that um, despite all the things that's going on out there, uh, we can all still connect it. Um, also, at the same time, being able to be alive. Lah, I think some, that's something that really I'm very grateful for. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Maybe you can share a bit more about yourself. Lah. I mean, I'm, not, I'm sure your, your fans are watching. Apparently, right. Shukri has like a fan following on, on, on live and on virtual platform. No fans, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, but there might be also some people who have not seen or heard of you mm. before. So sure. maybe it's a good, just take like a few minutes just to share a little bit of who you are, what you do, why you do what you do kind of thing. Yeah. Um... I think just a disclaimer first, just in case people are wondering, how come this guy, uh, today's a working day, how come is he doing life beyond his work? <laughs> uh, I mean, just nice. Um, there's, a two re- there's two reasons. Uh, first, I'm actually <coughs> taking a time off today because, uh, of course, for this life, uh, because I have a lot of time off to use. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm told to actually utilize it. Um, so that's one. I think at the same time, because I'm actually waiting for my new uh, wardrobes and all that to come in today. So that's why I just want to allocate today just for myself. And to just connect and just not do anything related so much to work. Lah. Um, so, yeah. So, who am I? Uh, what have I, been, have I been doing? I think like you put it just now, right, Mitch? Um, uh, I've been doing training uh, since 20... I mean, I started lah, Started in 2010. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, when I look back, I'm quite surprised. Like, even my age, I'm like... When people ask you, how long have you been around? Oh, close to 10 years. I'm like... Well, of course, people question that lah. Uh, but who else? Um, so I started off doing training in the youth space back in 2010. Uh, of course, thank thank you to you, to be very honest. Um, something that I'm really grateful for uh, because that's how I started off in this industry. I started in the youth space. Um, and then after that, I started going into doing, uh, you know, more consultation kind of job. And then after that, I'm doing into in-house trainer. And right now, I'm actually with Under Armour. Um, so I'm doing a regional scope whereby I actually focuses on the regional training development for the Southeast Asia market. On top of that, I'm actually leading the digital learning for Under Armour Southeast Asia as well. Um, so that that's basically my background. But beyond that, beyond that, um, I, I enjoy doing uh, content online as well. Something I really enjoy, uh, which I've been doing for the couple past weeks, which uh, something I'll probably share a bit more later on. It's along the line of what we're going to be talking about today. Um, so yeah, so so that's a bit about me lah. That's a bit about me. Yeah. Sure. Thank you so much. Right. So I'm gonna just uh <clears throat> share screen on a on a slide a small small deck of slides just to recap about what the intention of this session is about for those of us who just join us for today's session and mm-hmm. have no clue what we are talking about. Like why are we doing this live? Right. Like why why like 
this time in the morning some more. So I just wanna wanna share a, a, a slide, a, a very quick slide deck to just orientate us a little bit about today's session, uh, so that we don't go into a situation of huh, what's going on, right? Mm. So, uh, this this uh series that's gonna be this week as well as next week, a little bit of next week, uh, is called the Ramadan X Circuit Breaker Twenty Twenty Special Edition. So what happened is basically, um, it is an interesting Ramadan. Simply because we the Ramadan is right smack in the middle of our circuit breaker, plus mm. the circuit breaker extension. Yep. Right. And therefore, uh, it actually got me curious because I have quite a lot number of Malay Muslim friends, and I wonder like how is this Ramadan going to be different for them? Uh, typically the way that I know that they celebrate based on my own experience, uh, is really that they will come together at, especially like at breakfast time, and mm. just have that time as a community and as fellowship with each other um, I had the blessing to be involved with a few of it and I really enjoyed my time during those sessions because I think it just felt like an extended family kind of gathering right so so therefore I thought maybe I'm gonna ask I'm gonna talk to my friends anyway lah, because that's the period this is the period of time where I catch up with a lot of my Malay Muslim friends and and I'm and I'm probably gonna ask you know so how how's this Ramadan gonna be for you so mm -hmm. as I thought about that then I said hey my why not Let's do this on a large, slightly larger scale where I actually do it live and mm -hmm. um, and everyone can get a chance to kind of like hear these insights as well, right? Yeah. So therefore, the theme of the entire set series is called What Does Ramadan Mean to Me? Mm. Um, and really, the intention of the series is a few things, lah, right? To gain some perspective of what Ramadan means to ordinary folks. So if you look at Shukri, he's an ordinary guy. <laughs> he lives in a HDB flat. He, he has a... He has a, he has a work to go to, he has a family that he needs to take care of. So so he's not like a celebrity, right? He's not like like I don't know, something like that. So anyway, and so that's really just hearing from the ordinary folks. And then also to learn and understand a little bit more about uh like kind of like what happens during Ramadan mm. uh, for them, right? And then what kind of values that they hold as as part of Ramadan and actually throughout their lives if it's kind of resonated. Uh, and then also to gain some insight on what might have changed during this COVID nineteen uh, period right uh so sorry uh just to go back to this oops sorry just to go back to to one of the slides earlier on give me a minute uh, i'm a bit lost okay right so to go back to this slide here that i have of course need to do a bit of uh, advertisement a bit uh. So bear with me a bit, right? So, so one of the intention of this uh series is also to, uh, do some good lah. Like I mentioned that uh part of part of what Ramadan is to me is about uh having that care and compassion as well as uh being able to perhaps give a lot more and share a lot more during this period of time. So one of the organizations, no, not one, but uh the organization that I kind of chose to support during this period of time and for this series is really um not an organization but a, a kind of like a, a, a drive or a movement. Uh is the Buka Puasa SG movement. Right. So uh if if you find that this session is of value to you and whatever value that you peg it at. I would appreciate, and I think a lot of us would appreciate that if you could just scan the QR code and then make a donation to Buka Puasa SG. Meaning that if you find that this session is meaningful enough for you to spend this, like, I don't know, half an hour to one hour with us, and then perhaps you see, hey, this this this, this session could be potentially like I would have to pay $20 to attend kind of thing. 
then I would suggest you, you donate this twenty dollars to Buka Puasa. If you think oh it's the value is five dollars, then you donate this five dollars. If you think it's two dollars, you donate the two dollars. Right? Doesn't matter what the amount is, but really just being able to contribute. The way that at least for myself and Shukri, for this one, for this next few minutes or one hour or so, uh, it is of us donating our time. Of course, mm-hmm. on top of that, we might say that, hey, you know, we also want to donate in cash. So then that's that's up to us to how we want to do it as well. Lah, right. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's the, the advertisement. Part. So this is the intention of the session. And really what we're going to be going through for today's session is these four points uh, that mm-hmm. will be guiding us through today's session for Shukri to share a little bit more as well. Right. So I will unshare my screen now. And come back to Shuki. <laughs> right, so that Shuki can get our full attention. Um, and yeah, so perhaps we just start the conversation a little bit about what does Ramadan mean to you, Shuki? Well, uh, what does Ramadan mean to me? Uh, I would prefer to actually, uh, okay, how I see it, right? I call it to rush to greatness. Lah. That, that's how I look at it, rush to greatness. Uh, because it's a Singaporean thing, right? Uh, if you are from Singapore, you're watching this. It's a Singaporean thing, especially during this COVID time. Uh, before announcement, I made people are rushing to the supermarket. Before announcement, I made people are rushing for bubble tea and all that. <laughs> so I think Ramadan for me, it's really rush to greatness. Uh, but beyond the term rush to greatness, it's really uh, what does rush means to me. Um, so in fact, that, that the word rush itself is actually, uh, uh, what do you call that? It's an acronym that I actually hold it to myself. Lah. Um, if you ask me whether did I think about this uh, before all this, well, actually, I didn't really think about the word rush. But just I think it actually whatever I'm thinking of, I can actually put it to that same, like a word by its own, which actually can relate to our current situation right here in Singapore. But um, to just answer your question, really, if you don't talk about COVID, Ramadan, it's really a, uh, it's a day, it's a period where we rush for greatness in whatever um, definition of greatness to you lah. That that's how I look at Ramadan. Yeah. Okay. So you you said that it could be. So I think you may need to explain a little bit more because in in people's minds, mm. right, when you say the word rush, what well, it sounds yeah. very ganjong. It sounds very, uh, not very contemplative. Where actually Ramadan is a month of contemplation, isn't it? It's a mm. it's a month of reflection of prayer. Yeah. Where generally we we slow down in our in, intentions in yeah. in the in the in the actions that we take, right? Become more intentional, more deliberate, more conscious of every thought, every emotion, every action that we take during Ramadan. Mm-hmm. So when you say rush, it's like, wow, contradiction, no? It's against. Well, yeah, so maybe you can uh, explain a little bit more about what what, Ramad, what rush is to you. I think not, not so much of the speed, you know. I'm not talking about, oh, I need to chiong, ah, like, you know. But okay. rather, rather, to actually take advantage of the, uh, the moment that you have, the time that you have and the days that you have to actually um, achieve what you have always wanted to achieve. Uh, I know it sounds very cliche, right? People always say that, um, is it a new year? You set a goal and you try to achieve it or when it comes to Ramadan and all that. But I think uh, beyond is being cliche, um, there's always a start point, I believe, uh, wherever that is. Uh, and it's just a matter of rushing to grab that opportunity. Uh, but again, rush also is very much dependable on your speed. Lah. Right, not not literal, uh, not literal. Uh, I mean, if you think that hey, uh, you wanna do a lot of good deeds, is there anything wrong to rush doing good deeds? There's nothing wrong, right? Uh, but of course, you tell me that you want to rush and you know speed up your entire life, you know, um, to do things that is 
not right uh depends on what you define as right what's wrong um then i guess that's up to the individual but what i really mean by rush to greatness is uh, uh to take advantage of the current uh to advantage, take advantage of the, the period that you have because it's limited you see um ramadan is only like a month's worth right yeah. you can either take your own sweet time and say never mind relax chill you know then by then you realize eh, it's the last few days of ramadan really you know and then that's you realize eh, i then that all that question starts to comes in i should have done this i could have done this um then 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 to me that's you're not taking advantage of the uh the time that you have in hand so um what, what do i really mean by rush is to take advantage of the time that you have in hand and make full use of it yeah Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. That's that's a nice way to think of it, right? And and it's like maximizing your month. Yeah, exactly. Right? Maximizing your month, maximizing the 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 time that you have, mm-hmm. and also perhaps in the maximizing part, there's also that 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 more thoughtfulness involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So so have you had? Is that something that you've been practicing? Kind of like every Ramadan to to have this one month as a as a, a designated period or is it actually uh, something that you do throughout your life like uh, always cherishing and maximizing the time that you have i i would love to say that i have been doing it for throughout my life um but somehow or rather to be very frank and honest i think we are quite blessed or grateful right um you know as we are talking suddenly my screen comes up time to rest your eyes <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's a challenge right because we are at home and all that but anyways um yeah anyway coming back to this uh i mean to be very honest i have been doing it for the rest uh, i mean for throughout my life but let's be honest over here when it comes to ramadan you are deliberately telling yourself that hey um i cannot do this uh i am supposed to do, sorry let me let me rephrase that instead of i cannot do this right oh i'm <laughs> supposed to do this right um so i am supposed to do certain things and then that kind of like allow me to say that hey since i'm already deliberately not allowed to do certain things maybe i can channel my energy and my time to do something else right because you are already being put in a spot or position to say that hey uh, uh what do you call that um see suddenly i forget what i wanted to say so basically what i'm saying is that uh to actually take a uh take advantage of that moment to do something uh that probably you've been wanting to do like all this while it's just that all this while we always give reasons right uh because for example just a quote one example right even for myself i've always give reason that oh i i've been wanting to go on instagram live for the longest time to be very honest i've not been doing it right uh, but because of this whole ramadan plus covid and we'll talk about that later right uh, and it kind of forces me to say that i have the time right? there's no reason to say i don't have the time right so that pushes me to do it lah. yeah and it, it kind of just blend in so nicely because of this beautiful month right um it, it just tells you that hey you know what just go and do it lah. just go and do it you know yeah so yeah cool and i think that's like someone who, who commented right that this one month is a short time so yep. we rush to get whatever we can to squeeze into it right? i yes. think that's a very nice beautiful way of describing it exactly. uh, to say that you know if you look at it as that and and probably just to add on to what like shukri and perhaps imak has shared was really uh that's actually how kind of like the bhutanese live their life in a way yeah. right they, they 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 see each day and not a month right they see each day as as that's the time that they have so how do they maximize each day uh i think there's an article and i can share the article down the down the road there's an article that actually says that the way that the bhutanese are actually the happiest persons in the world uh, yeah. and, and the way that they measure their their uh, gross 
uh, their GDP, right? So for us, it's our uh, gross domestic uh, profit or something like that. Uh -huh. uh, for the Bhutanese, they, they measure it by their gross national happiness. Yes. Yeah. And the way that they, they measure that, right, is really through uh, waking up each morning right, and contemplating on death. Mm. They don't contemplate on life, they contemplate on death. And, and actually through contemplating on death, they actually find that, okay, there is so much more that I can live for and therefore I think each day should be maximized and I should live happily. So I thought that was a very interesting uh, approach to how they live their life and, and they have that highest, uh, they ha have highest happiness levels in the world, right? So, so yeah. having mentioned having mentioned that also like for Shukri, uh, you mentioned that that's how you've been living your life. I just like to ask you the next question, right? On what values come to mind when you experience Ramadan? Well, uh, that's why I mentioned the word Raj, right? Actually, <laughs> the word Raj is an acronym. Yeah. Uh, the very first what the first R is something that is very close to our heart. Lah. I mean, whether you are a Muslim, whether you are not, right? It's reflection. I think this is the best time to do reflection. A lot of reflection. Uh, whether it's self-reflection, group reflection, peer-to-peer -peer reflection, any form of reflection, I think it's important. Uh, but honestly, for me, it's I try to have a holistic approach where um, speak to different people, talk to myself. Uh, I think it's important because when we do so, a lot of self-reflection, right, I realize that personally, la, personally, I may be wrong. When you do self-reflection, you realize that you don't have so much, I mean, you have control, but in a way that your mind just goes everywhere, you know, and then that's when you realize that you feel that, oh, I have this problem, I have that problem. But when you are actually talking to different people to do your reflection, right, um, it allows you to actually have a little bit of control uh, to say that, oh yeah, actually not too bad, right? You know, I can actually do this, right? Because, but if you are reflecting by yourself, you realize that you are, sorry if I'm going to use this word, uh, you're always thinking that you're always in deep shit, you know? <laughs> Because we tend to put a lot of self-sympathy to ourselves, you know, and then that becomes a challenge, I feel. Um, so that's first, reflection. Um, secondly, what it means to me, and it come, when it comes to Ramadan, it's unity, rush. So you have reflection and unity, right? It's really the time that um, people come closer. I should, should, I should say the word come closer, not to come together, but rather come closer together. Um, uh, because we should really unite every single day of our lives with whoever that we want, right? Uh, but I think when it comes to Ramadan, again, because of the deliberate, de deliberately, right, we are put in the this very holy month, we should really further then unite together further to say that, hey, let's just come together to make good, lah, to do good deeds. Like, I think what was mentioned just now, right, to good, do, good, good deeds. You know, it's like a tongue twister there. Good <laughs> um, The S in the word rush is sacrifice. Uh, it's to really then sacrifice certain things in our lives, even if it means that, hey, you know what? Um, sacrificing my time, sacrificing my work, for example, you know, especially in Singapore, we always find sacrificing work as something that we cannot put away. I feel that, that that's a challenge because I just spoke to some of my friends. I said that one thing we need to learn to sacrifice is our work. As much as work gives us money, yeah. uh, we need to sacrifice our work because if you don't do that, that's when we realize we got to sacrifice other things in our lives, right? Uh, and that's again, it's something that deliberately I have to do it in my life as well. Uh, I'm trying, like I'm really trying to spend more time with certain people in my life as well. And last but not least is um, hunger. Uh, whether or not you want to say it's uh, literal hunger because it's fasting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, that's one way, right? To put it, it's literally hungry and all that. Uh, on the other thing, on the other perspective is hungry for knowledge, hungry for growth, hungry for uh, development in our lives and or, or hungry to do different things, lah, you know? Uh, and then that's something that I clo hold close to my heart. Um, not just Ramadan, but 
throughout my life like, to keep myself hungry at all times because I think that's very, very important. So, yeah. So, that's some of the values that I, I think Ramadan pushes me to evaluate further. Lah. Yeah. Oh. So, Imran also shared that he, he resonates with you, right? That uh, self-reflection is very important. We need to host a reflective session together. And and I'm going to reply and say that, why not? Right, let's do it. Maybe... <laughs> So, so to convert and if so, so typically I think Shubri is familiar with this because he's part of, of the group of people that uh, when we when we celebrate uh, Ramadan, we would come together and have this like iftar session. So I was actually joking that, hey, this year we can do a virtual iftar. Yeah. <laughs> and then one of our friends said that he can't because he's on, he's on shift work and in the breaking of fast period is where he's on shift. So he <laughs> might not be able to, to join us for the iftar. But maybe we could convert one of the iftar sessions into like a, a mass reflection session. Yep. You know, it could be a collaboration between uh, all of us, right? To, to just bring our peers along and then see how we can maybe do a live on it even, right? I think Shukri yeah, would be able to do an IG live. For it and then we could do a we could do a Facebook live for it and, and we'll see how that will kind of like works out. True. Yeah. That would be interesting yeah. though. Yeah, it'd be. Right. So so I think Meshuka, you mentioned rush, uh, reflection, unity, sacrifice, and hunger. It mm. it kind of like as you're talking about it, it came it came to my mind like it sounds like it's a loop. That mm. means every every step of the way, uh, when you when you reflect upon perhaps what you have done or what you've been doing, uh, what you've been thinking, how you've been acting, and then it goes into like, oh, can I can I do it better through unity, right? Yeah. Uh, is that what the sacrifices that I might be making in the process? And it's not just it's not just a uh, monetary or not, right? It's also sometimes yeah. about time, about energy, uh, and then also then what am I what am I really hungry about, lah? Right? Is it the knowledge? Is it the connection? Is it the network? Uh, that kind of thing. Is it the food? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I think and then it, it, after that, it goes back into reflection again and see what have we done so far and then what can be improved upon and so on and so forth. And yeah. I absolutely agree that when, when we do reflection, and, and I think there's a lot of uh, conversation and a lot of articles and journals that say that, oh, self-reflection is very powerful. Mm. Yeah, but I think in the recent years for myself, I've also realized that self-reflection can only take us so far. Yeah, because we, we will only be able to think about what we already know about. Mm. Right? And then there will be blind spots and there will be areas that perhaps we have not been, been able to break through. And that's yep. where the conversations with others can help us to kind of like allow us to have a different perspective and say, oh yeah, I didn't think about it from that perspective. Maybe I could consider. That. And then that brings you on a new trajectory in terms of how you reflect or what you're thinking of. Yep. And then provide you with another another platform uh, to kind of like jump towards. Yeah. So I think that's really great. I think the, the acronym really helps, right? To remember <laughs> <laughs> what do we actually stand for. And and I think you, you also did share that the way that you kind of demonstrate these values uh, along the way. I think maybe you can, if you can perhaps expand a little bit more about perhaps how do you demonstrate the value of uh, sacrifice and hunger during this Ramadan period? Um, for me, when it comes to uh, sacrifice, um, one of those things that I had to sacrifice was, of course, the time is, I mean, I'm not sure that we are talking about COVID plus Ramadan or just Ramadan alone. Just Ramadan first. Ramadan yeah, alone. later we'll talk about COVID. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're just talking about Ramadan alone, I think some of the sacrifices that we have to make, personally, right, uh, I mean, I, I don't usually talk about this. Um, one of the things that I 
it's money to be very honest it's not donation i'm not talking about donation because it's something that everyone do right i think that, that's a noble act but rather to actually spend money to bring people together uh, mm. to be very honest i'm not the wealthier for not the wealthiest person that you probably you know um uh, and of course i do have my pain point as well in terms of finance uh, but i feel that when you spend money on with people and then somehow or rather you just bring people together as well so you got i mean you got to give and take lah i feel and somehow or rather through sacrificing certain part of our life um you gain more i feel uh, that's what i realized over the years uh, as much as i there was moment lah i felt like hey i'm really dry like you know just dried you know my bang and all that um but when i decided hey why not we have gatherings especially during ramadan i tend to have like i'm not sure whether you have seen right i, I, I previously i had to i got do this i call it the connecting january yes i like to do this <laughs> Um, so I just connect January where I bring different group of people together, like my NS mates, friends and all that. Just those who I've not met for a long time. I just put it together. And there were moments where I literally have no money. You know, then I told myself, let's just reposition this. You know, let's go somewhere cheaper that everyone can spend a little bit and all that. Because the intent is, I think going back to the intent, right, or the purpose, yeah. is to just come back together. I mean, just come closer and all that. So goes back to your point, right? Whether we are doing virtually or not, um, I think it doesn't really matter, right? Because already the intent is to just bring people together. So, uh, the sacrifice, and I realize the returns is abundance. To be very honest, I'm not saying all these very um, positive words because it's Ramadan, uh, but because I mean it's part and parcel of our life, lah. Because if you choose to say the negative words, then negative will be imposed in our lives. If you yeah. choose to say the positive word, then the positive word will just flow through our life as well. Um, in terms of uh, you say hunger, right? Was it yes. hunger? Yes, hunger. hunger. How do you yeah. demonstrate hunger during? I mean, other than the physical hunger. Literally, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, that there's no hunger quite obvious, lah. Whole bundle in a glass. So we bought, <laughs> no, no. Okay, that's bad. That's bad. I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> um, hunger. Um, I, I. Not just Ramadan though. I feel. Uh, the hunger for to do something different. I feel. Just to do something different. Um, that I have not tried before, something I, I've been wanting to do and all that, uh, which I've been procrastinating over the years or months. Then I realized, hey, Ramadan, I got a little bit more time. Um, why not I just do it? You know, mm. uh, to be very honest, while a lot of people will say that, okay, let's put it, we are not in COVID, right? The normal situation is I go to work in the morning and then after that, um, naturally for those Muslims, they have the like, uh, they have that capacity of saying that I can go back earlier from work, right? <laughs> so yeah. people will take, take this time to go back earlier just to rest and sleep. Yeah. But to me, is that, hey, you got that extra time. Why not you do something beneficial for yourself, right? Um, so for myself, the hunger to actually say that um, I want to do just do something different. Lah. So I take opportunity to do that. Yeah, just do something. Oh. Yeah. So that means to like learn a new skill or to meet new people or mm. basically things that are new. Okay. Yeah, anything that's new. Lah. So like right now, um, to just share, right? What I'm doing right now is to just uh, connect with a lot more new people socially online and how to actually use that connection um and bring it bring something out of it like just not just connect and a hello 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 or instagram or linkedin or whatever not but rather to actually bring people together again the word unite right yeah. to do reflection that's when i started being my instagram live so talking about Ooh. be real right yeah. yeah nice nice cool so so i know we, we we have this tendency to want to go into the covid conversation yeah. because it's so fresh in our minds right so perhaps yeah. let's just jump straight into it lah to okay. say that you know during this this so I call it the special COVID edition of Ramadan, mm. right? Um, has anything changed for you? So you mentioned about your values. You re- you mentioned about what Ramadan means to you. 
Has any of these changed during this period of time or is it largely the same? Um, I've been spending more time at home. So that's a good thing. Save <laughs> money, right? <laughs> I'm spending uh, way lesser money because whatever that I'm usually spending for, you know, during Ramadan, people tend to, somehow other people tend to unite a bit more. Lah. They do this gathering, that gathering and all that. I don't know for what, lah, to be very honest. But they just <laughs> closer together. Unite, unite. Um, uh, I, I'm channeling that money more for, for us to, you know, just have uh, food at home. Um, uh, to, so I spent, so I've been breaking fast at home with my parents, which I think that's amazing. That's something I'm really grateful for. Uh, to be very honest, for the past few years in Ramadan, right, it's always been about um, after work, then because by the time you end work, it's already like 6, 6.30, then you decide by the time I reach home, not enough time. So I just break fast with my friends. So three quarter of my time has always been breaking fast with my friends or outside alone, right? Or with anyone, lah, you know, but this time around, it's been great because I've been spending time at home. Uh, so that's something different about COVID. If you're going to see the good side of COVID. Uh, yeah, so, so that's something different for me. And another thing that's different for me is that I, I able to be a bit more creative with what I do, how I do things, to be very honest. Uh, because if not for COVID, we are not able to work from home. Um, uh, I mean, we can like, actually, but just that not, not as a mess where everyone works from home. Um, so because of COVID, everyone can do things from home and then they realize that, hey, you know, people can do Instagram live, you can do like, Facebook live, you can do LinkedIn live. Oh, I can connect from Facebook to LinkedIn or to <laughs> you. Uh, and then after that, um, at the same time, uh, you just have more time to restructure your life, I would say. Um, so for me, I, I would say a literal structure where I restructure my room. Uh, <laughs> before I restructure what's in my head and what's in my heart, right? I think the first thing that we should do is something that's literal and that we can deliberately shift around. So at least we can have to start shifting things around. So uh, yeah, so the major changes I'm doing is I'm actually changing the entire layout of my room. So the first few days was uh, I decided to get rid of one of my wardrobe, get rid of my super single bed just to give more space to my room. And then after that, I told myself, hmm, let's shift a little bit further. So I'm going to bring in uh, my own table because I don't really fancy having my own study table. And then after that, I decided to, why not just bring in my own study table and then I get my own super, uh, my own single bit just to have more space in my room. Again, then it goes back to our life, right? Uh, we declutter, give more space so that we have more things to actually uh, put into ourselves as well. So yeah. Yeah. That's something really interesting, right? Because you mentioned about how you can clear your physical space to make room for your mental and emotional space. Yep. I think that, that is another big, big conversation to kind of have. Hmm. Yeah. So, so, so a, a, a quick add-on to that is uh, in September last year, I, I went for an operation uh, for appendicitis and I, I removed my appendix. Uh, and then I realized that the removal of the appendix, even though it's like a small part of the body, right? Actually, mm-hmm. when I came out of the operating theater and I felt like my life pivoted or my life changed, my perspective of life kind of like changed. And I felt that I had a lot more space to take in and to then do uh, various type of work rather than beyond just training uh, mm-hmm. to actually have more personal kind of conversations like what we are doing now to, to what we call whole space lah, in, 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 yep. in the coaching as well as I think in the therapy space. We talk about holding space for people. So I just real, I, it, it, it's just interesting for me also. Like it's not a significant thing. Everyone, well, most people at some point in their life remove their appendix, right? But for me, it really had that that pivotal moment in that sense or that change in that yeah. that period of time to say that I think this is where I want to really head towards now. And I think yeah. I can, I have the capacity to hold more. So yeah, I hope that the, the, the moving of now? your furniture, sorry? How are you now? 
How are you feeling? Uh, so so I think so because of of uh the surgery for the mm. appendix, I actually did the, the the doctors discovered something else. So I actually have a chronic illness, a chronic female female illness that it will last me until my menopause, lah, apparently. Okay. Yeah, so uh I have come to terms with uh having fatigue and tiredness as my best friend. So I will consistently be feeling tired. So now okay. is how do I maximize my energy uh while while experiencing that as well. Lah. So uh one of the things that I, I realize is uh being being compassionate to myself lah, to say that it's okay if I feel tired and I don't feel like doing anything that day and just want to rest. Uh and, and it's perfectly okay. And I think I'm also very grateful that the the work that I do allows me a little bit of space to do that, to, to flex. If I have a permanent work, like I have an employer to, to report to, perhaps it's a bit more difficult. But because I'm working independently, so it makes it a little bit easier, I suppose, to just say I can shift things around a little bit better. Yeah, but generally, I'm okay. Uh, yeah. Generally healthy, able, I can go for walks and stuff like that. So not too much of an issue. You can climb stairs, right? Can. <laughs> That's a newfound hobby also. Yeah, which I actually have been slacking off this this past two weeks or so. Yeah, I don't know if it's the if it's because the circuit breaker got extended and I got really demoralized by it. But uh mm. yeah, see how maybe I will pick it back up again. Yeah. Anything else might have changed for you during this Ramadan? Uh oh there's nothing, there's nothing. I, I realize <laughs> that I I I a bit more. I'm a bit more willing to actually tell myself to wake up early to oh sorry, sorry, my time to rest alert comes up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, I tend to take the effort to actually uh do my runs. So I actually do like an alternate day kind of run. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't talk about my fitness part of things lah because little people you know people will talk about it. Oh, yeah, pretend lah this I know, but I can't be bothered lah. So I just wanna <laughs> keep it real. I just wanna keep it real. Yeah um, yeah sure. I'm doing it. Uh, my run is purely because um, you know, it's just part and parcel of our life, lah. Just a short run and all that. Every alternate days. Uh, so I I realized that I I've been spending a bit more time doing that once in a while. Like you know, on the in the morning before Ramadan starts, it was in the morning before work starts. So it was about seven a.m. onwards. So it's about a good one hour run and all nice. that. Nice. Yeah. And then after that, now uh, I try lah. I try um uh, either before or before breakfast which is about around 6 15 i'll just go for a run and by the time i come back it's you know can breakfast or if not then it's after the run so yeah how, how long how, like what's the distance that you run typically um, on average between uh six to eight. Oh, cool yeah six to eight nice but i i don't really okay i'm the kind of runner right uh i'm more of a duration runner rather than a distance runner so to me it's like once i clock in that one hour run whether how slow or how fast then I'm done lah. Because I realized that if I if I were to run based on distance, right, then mm. I'll tell myself, well, I'm not getting there yet. But if I'm actually doing by duration, right, I can actually just slow down my pace, but not walk lah, of course. Just slow down my pace. As long as I clock in at one hour, okay, I'm done. I'm good enough. Then I'll tell you, I can just return back. Yeah. Do you run around your estate kind of thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I used to lah. I mean, but of course, <laughs> if you a thing, I had to actually be a bit more responsible. <laughs> <laughs> I usually run okay uh if you're familiar with queenstown area right so i will run from my house and then uh through the uh towards the uh queensway secondary school at least uh, uh-huh. margaret Drive area yeah. and then the, there's a park connector that leads you all the way to river valley oh cool 
whole stretch and then I just, depends uh, if I'm feeling lazy, right, then I'll just probably take a bus back. Uh. Then, <laughs> then, probably like halfway, then after that, I make a U-turn. Uh, then after that, uh, to, when I reach that, uh, what school is that? Uh? Alexandra Primary School, is it? Yes. Alexandra yeah, I don't know, Alexandra Del- Primary Lower School. Delta area, right? Yeah, or Delta, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, near uh, Spice, the area. Then I just yeah. make a U-turn, then I just come back. Like. Cool. Now, come back track, I know, like, Long John Silver. Now, buy my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, there, that's where all the spending goes to, right? To fast food as well. Yeah. Correct. I mean, I've been spending quite a bit. Uh, I mean, spending quite a bit on food and ordering. Uh, but again, it's deliberate as well. Because mm. I feel that uh, with the money that we are getting from government, that $600, right? I mean, just to share. Um, that $600, I feel that uh, there's a reason why it's called, uh, what's the word? Uh? Solidarity um, budget. Yeah, solidarity budget, right? I feel that money is not so much to feed ourselves. Personally, that how I look at it, it's a money for us to, uh, what's that word? Uh? To uh, cycle the, it around. Yeah, uh, support the community, right? Support for the community. Yeah. So, in yeah. my case, support all those vendors out there, spend on them so that their business can sustain. Uh, yeah. Not just to, um, I mean, of course, people say to pay your debts and all that, but I think it's beyond paying your debts because that's when your money just go drain out, you know? I feel that that money should then support the businesses. Then these businesses can survive. Then economy can sustain. Then eventually the government can support us better. So, but people are using it, are misusing the money, lah. I feel they are using it for their own luxury, lah. Spend on this, spend on that. Uh, which I think that shouldn't be the case. So that's why, um, I mean, I'm, I am not trying to be a pro-govern, but I would rather to urge everyone, right, to actually spend all this money to cycle back to our local businesses. To them, so that they can sustain themselves because they also need the support. Yeah. And I think we yeah. shouldn't position our mindset thinking that, oh, yeah, we support them, then we support them, then who's going to support us? I think with that mindset, right, I'm going to be real down here with that mindset, the society, the community not going to grow because it's, it's just a very limited mindset. Yeah. So, so it's really about that giving that giving mindset, that giving approach to yep. how we, not just, I think not just Ramadan, right? And not just during COVID, but just throughout our lives as well, lah, to have that as part of of the attitudes that we, we hold uh, to, to the way that we actually operate in our life. Exactly. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, so that's pretty aligned to some of the conversations about abundance, isn't it? Yeah, so if, if we look at things from a, uh, from a space of abundance, then there's always enough for everyone. Yep. Right? So don't need to fight, don't need to rush to the supermarket. Yeah, so you are concerned about your own, like, like I don't know, your own stock of what you have. Right? But at the same time, it's also not just being concerned for yourself, but also then can we spare a thought for the people around us now in that process? Yeah, which can kind of like... Um... Okay, sorry if this sounds sensitive, but I think you know me by now. Lah. Certain things I see, <laughs> you see from my posts, you see from my content, um, as much as it's sensitive, but I think it's just to be factual or logical down here, uh, which kind of like in a way contradict some of the values for individual. Um, yeah. But of course, we want to encourage if you say that, hey, you know, I'm going, I'm a Muslim or, you know, I, pra- I believe in the values of Ramadan and all that. Uh, it's about abundance, it's about giving and all that. Then, if you're just going to be selfish and just go out there and say that, uh, yeah, I need to think about myself first. I think it's important, right? I got family to feed. This is always the place. I need to feed my family. So that's why I go and buy the things from the supermarket. You mean nobody else got family to feed? <laughs> you know, then I think we are contradicting the values. We are contradicting uh, what we believe in. Then, yeah. of course, then if I were to say this, people will say that, uh, people will question me. But, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. If you think that way, then you're just contradicting your values. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I think it, it's it's really about moderation. Uh. The word exactly. perhaps is moderation. So we all have families, right? If not, then we won't exist. Right? <laughs> the minimum we have is parents, right? right? We don't talk about whether we have younger kids or not because some of us have, some of us don't. Uh, but minimally, we will have parents. Minimally, we will have, I don't know, a, a friend, right? Kind of thing. So Can we I, all have yeah. families. Yeah, sure. Wait, sorry. This, I know, you know, I think you know me. When it comes to this topic, right, I can get a bit fired up. <laughs> so, <laughs> please control me, control the time. Um, no problem. So, um, I encountered this conversation, like, not too long ago. Someone actually gave, gave this statement. Um, I have family to take care of. And how this comes off, right, I feel that the statement comes off. Um, if someone who doesn't, okay, I think for yourself or the, the people around you, probably they... Um, able to actually evaluate whether the statement is being real or just emotion and all that. You can hear from the, the tone it was basically, it's basically very emotional, emotion driven. So it's like, hey, you know, I got family, okay? Um, You know, you need to think that. Then my, my point of view is, you have family. How about the people around you then? By doing what you're doing, you're not being cautious of the people around you, whatever actions that you're taking. Whether or not you say that, Um, I'm just going to quote an example, um, especially during the, before Ramadan starts this whole COVID thing and then people wanted to work from home, blah, blah, blah. I heard from uh, my friends from other companies lah, uh, from other companies saying that, uh, some people say that they want to work from home because they got family to take care of. You know, it's a very sensitive thing to be going to work. Then my yeah. question is, fine, you go to work. Did you wear a mask or not? Or yeah. did you actually practice that social distancing or not? Why are you not doing that? Right? And then yet you want to preach about, oh, you got family at home. Yet you go out shopping. You know, to me that contradicts. And I think then it when then it spills over to Ramadan, then I think when, since we're in the, such a situation that we are in, I think the more that we should actually reflect on ourselves, the more that we should think about it and say that whatever that you said before Ramadan starts, does it actually re- does it coincide with the values that you actually been preaching for the past decades of your life, talking about Ramadan, being a Muslim and all that? Uh, because if you ask me personally, I feel that this whole COVID thing, personally, has a lot of relation to Ramadan as a Muslim. Mm. Has a lot of relation. Social distancing. All right. Uh, do not touch other people. You know, oh, no, as a Muslim, we are not supposed to touch other gender, especially, right? Or always to uh practice uh, good hygiene, for example. Well, all these are part of our daily practices as a Muslim individual. So yeah, I'm, I'm not. Let's not go into that, lah, because it's more religious, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's 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 a good perspective to have. But so, so I'm just gonna add on to to what you also shared, right? About uh how you might be riled up because of the the statement that made. So I think. One of the things that we also noticed during this COVID period is a lot of people become very reactive, mm. right? They they like little things, then they get triggered, lah. Then they uh, small small things, then they will be like, oh no, it's gonna go into Doscon red, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> so, so, so I think it, it it's a very interesting perspective, and and I think a lot of times when people say that, like I have a family to take care of, I need to uh take note of myself and things like that, that could also generally be uh how to say a defensive mechanism right because they are anxious they mm-hmm. are feeling kanjong they are feeling all the uncertainty right they don't know how to manage it yeah so the words that come out to kind of like protect them mm-hmm. and to actually supposedly to help them calm down lah, is to say that oh i have family to protect or i have yep. a family to take care of so it's it doesn't come across as being selfish because mm. i am taking care of i'm still taking care of others Yep. It's, it's not about me alone, right? It's about the people that is around me as well. So it comes across that way. But essentially, it is also about taking care of me, yep. taking care of myself, right? What if there's no more rice? 
what if there's no more uh Maggi mee? Right? Yeah. Or no more toilet paper. <laughs> bubble tea. No more bubble tea, right? It's taking care of me because because <laughs> all these all these items, I think there's there's also a few articles on it that say that all these items are actually comfort food. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree. Right. It gives us comfort, it gives us familiarity amongst the uncertainty. Mm. Right. So if you look at babies uh, and, and, and young kids, right, they actually have a lot of that. They will mm. have their blanket or their little stuffed toy that whenever they feel anxious or upset, that stuffed toy or that, that blanket becomes their, their safe space yep. to go to, right? They will hug it, they will cry with it, they will, they will rub it, they will sniffle it, whatever, right? Because they feel safe when they are there or, or even if for some of them they don't have that, they may say, I want mommy or daddy to carry or yep. to hug because it feels safe. So as we grow older, very weird to hold a blanket or a stuffed toy or mm. ask someone to give me a hug because I'm feeling that anxiety. Then I go to things that I know, which is like Maggie Me, toilet paper, <laughs> you know, uh, bubble tea. But uh, what's the what, reason, based on your perspective, what's the comfort of toilet paper? I mean, Maggie Me, I understand because you consume it, right? But toilet paper, eh? this is a legit question. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, think, I think there were a few articles about the, the concept of uh, toilet paper la. generally it's it's just just a sense of of that you know we can we still can we we have the we can still afford some form of luxury okay. we are not totally driven back to a point where we have nothing mm. yeah because if you look at it from that perspective right yeah. uh generally toilet paper only came in later on in our lifespan of being human oh. right Sorry. essentially we didn't so those of us who are in the outdoors we also don't promote using toilet paper in the outdoors we say you know try and find a way to clean it such that either using leaves or just use water yeah. uh, to clean yourself lah, right um yeah. but but toilet paper is like a luxurious form then of course then there's wet issue now lah, that's even more it's luxurious premium, premium, <laughs> uh, premium toilet paper right. Right. premium toilet paper <laughs> Yeah, so I, I suppose I suppose that that just gives us a sense that you know we are not that bad. Things are still okay if we yep. if we can afford toilet paper. It's okay. it's more an emotional need rather than a physical need to a certain extent. Of course, uh, there could be other reasons lah that perhaps we are not privy to of why people are hoarding toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I know there was a huge conversation about on on online about about buying loads and loads of toilet paper. And then I think Jennifer. Generally, there's a group of people who say that, hey, why have toilet paper? Just wash lah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's a it's a never-ending conversation. I think, but I think the thing is this conversation about toilet paper has now become so wild, right? I think in Singapore, lesser people are actually rushing to buy that. I think yep. it has all now transferred to overseas kind of situation also. It's own, you know. You can do a live and you can probably get a lot of viewers for that. <laughs> to just talk about toilet paper. <laughs> you, you know you should invite you should invite the the guy that is uh, the president of the World Toilet Organization. What's his name? Oh yes, Maxim. <laughs> huh. Invite him, yeah. and then from his perspective, uh, invite those sure. people. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting. And then the topic is toilet paper in during COVID. <laughs> people of viewers. Sure. Let us see if we can we can make make uh, can can contact Jack and then see if he can he will yeah. want to talk about it. But I think he yeah. will take one hour for himself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Let's not, uh, no worries. 
Sure. So, so, so we are coming to the end of the session, and we also don't want to overrun too much because I don't know some people might say that hey, you know, you're th- you're talking too much or too long, right? Mm. Let's come to perhaps the last guiding question for today's session, right? Is if there's one thing you would like to share with our Muslim friends for this Ramadan, what will it be? So again, I know the question says to our Muslim friends, but perhaps it can be even to the larger group in yep. general. Yeah. Um. I think especially in Singapore right now, I'm not sure whether you heard about the current saga about the home big business issue that happens. Oh yes, I, I I kind of got a glimpse of it because I think we have a few friends that actually have their uh home home based businesses. I mean, yeah. So actually, I don't know what triggered that. Uh, I mean, let's. I mean, just an overarching because I'm just going to talk about it. Uh, why something that I just want to share. So, uh, yesterday there was a live that was put up by uh, a very, uh. Inf- a uh, very uh, social, uh, public figure, lah, Sujimi. I mean, in the Malay ah, community, okay. I think probably you know him as well. Yes, he yes, do a lot yes. of uh, online videos and all that. Yeah. So we did a live about it. And there was, within a few minutes, right, then it was close to about a few thousand. And then by the time it was 14 minutes into the live, there was about 42,000 viewers, if I'm not wrong. You, you did a live with him or he did no, a no, live? No, 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 I did, I did, I did. Nobody, oh. you know. <laughs> so he had to oh, call the live because there was a... Uh, there was an individual who actually had did a video and then the video went viral and then everyone uh, 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 says that uh, she was a cause of uh, this law was being uh, being uh, imposed further. Because of why we know that it's a great area about these home businesses and all that. Um, so because of this video that went viral and this person is actually, uh, she used to be an actor. Lah. I'm not sure that she's an actor. So everyone knows her. A lot of people know her. Lah. A lot of people know her. So it went viral and there was a lot of death threat towards her actually. Uh, because oh, of that, wow. because basically you are causing the community to lose their rice bowl, uh, based on a lot of people. Wow. Uh, so so is, what she did? A, sh- this person did a live with Sujimi. Uh, no, no, no. Okay, so what happened was she actually. <laughs> I'm very played, confused now. Sorry. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna quote how it flows, lah. Not not based on my okay. understanding, but yeah, yeah. what I. Okay. Yeah. So she actually did a video because based on her words, a lot of people yeah. uh, within her followers who are home based businesses. Um, yeah. wanted to clarify whether is it true that they cannot do home-based business at this current time because of the okay. new law that they impose. So what okay. she did was she feels that she has a responsibility as a public figure to actually do yeah. a video to educate people. So during that video, what she did was she actually contacted the various public agencies to clarify and she recorded that whole ah. conversation and okay. that conversation went viral and just nice and after that conversation went viral, there was a new, the advisory came out about home-based businesses will have this uh, uh, law being imposed, blah, 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 and all that. Yeah. But look, by law, right, uh, okay, I'm not going to that, lah, but I'm just going to go based on the current story. Um, so, if not, that went viral, then I died already. Then I like, <laughs> so, um, then what happened was the video went viral, and then uh, then that $1,000 fine was being imposed, and then it became so viral that she had to close down her Instagram and Facebook because it was wow. so bad. There was okay. death threats towards the family members and all that. It was so bad. It was so bad. And it just happened a few days ago. Okay. And uh, our dearest friend, uh, Sujimi Mohammed, um, he felt that he has a responsibility as a public figure with a huge database of followers for the community. Yeah. He put this clear and he yeah. invited a lawyer. He invited uh, Mr. Hare, who actually owns uh, one of the largest uh, home-based business group in Facebook. Mm. Had a lot of five-digit figure followers. They actually okay. put it out there. And then also he invited a few uh, home-based businesses on the live as well to share their yeah. point of view. And she, he also invited 
this lady who did that video to go live yeah. to share why is her motive what was okay. her thought process okay yeah so uh yeah so that went viral um i mean i can share you the link but again there was a lot of harsh comments but again i mean when it comes to values i think we talk about it uh maybe yeah. to be fair the reason why people reacted that way because they have family to feed right is a rice bowl uh, but yeah. on the other hand there are people who say that hey it's the month of ramadan that's when you should practice it um so i think at this point in time my personal i mean going back to your question right what i would like to share is that uh i personally feel that at this current moment in singapore especially um this is not the best time to uh, impose our religious point of view to people saying that, oh ramadan taught us this so we should preach this and we should not condemn people because by doing that you're just going to fire up a little bit more because people have a situation they are in and then we are imposing onto their space right um, i think going back to your what you mentioned or what we talk about providing them a safe space uh so i feel that what we can do right now is to uh share positivity within the community uh in terms of messages and uh, slowly try to encourage people with uh, positivity and how we can actually uh, make do with what we have right now because i think it's a trying time for everyone putting aside whatever situation that happens i think due to COVID itself um uh, my advice is uh, what i want to share is putting aside okay whatever saga right purely just COVID and ramadan um take advantage of the current situation right now just rush through the time that you have and take advantage by reflecting on yourself reflecting on what we do and all that in our daily life whether is it in our, in our job whether we are doing well in our job or not if you are not why and then uh, of course unite together get people together and to spread positive message together as well um which i think like what sujimi he tried uh, he tried to do on his platform using utilizing technology and at the same time to actually um what do you call that uh stay hungry all right to really stay hungry in what you want to do and uh of course last but not least is to actually uh what was s ah? i suddenly forget no uh sacrifice. <laughs> and sacrifice, sacrifice certain things in our life uh because once we sacrifice certain things in our life that then we realize that we got more space to do other things as well so yeah that, that's my what i want to share with everyone yeah cool yeah so so thank you very much shukri for really spending this morning talking to us and sharing you know all these different perspectives about Ramadan about the COVID nineteen situation and then you know being real, be real. I think that's 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 like your new tagline already, right? To be real. <laughs> yeah, you need to have a new hashtag. So so Shukri has has a few hashtags last year. He gave himself over the period as he was growing. Uh, the, the one that has stuck to him is the what Malay millennial Malay boy. Millennial that's, that's Malay that boy. Yes. yes, that's that's the one that has been has been. I think the main hashtag that he's been using. You know why, Sorry? right? You know why, right? Yeah, yeah, I kind of figured out, but would you like to share with everyone else? I know why doesn't mean that everyone else knows why. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, think like, I have this hashtag that I've been using, which is called Dead, Dead Millennial Malay Boy. All right? Because if you think about the word itself, right, every single word has a very negative connotation that it's deemed by the society. They always say, ah, yeah, that guy, la, or that, that boy, la, that, that. that word, that is so negative because that's a chance for us to just condemn people. And then the word millennial as well, there's a lot of negative connotation to it. Uh, plus, when you say the word Malay, especially in the society as well, uh, it's a very, uh, what do you call that? As much as people say that it's not, right? Uh, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, what's that word? Uh? 
there, there, there's that thing that's going around lah. There's a Stereotype, you mean? Stereotypes, yes. There's a stereotype that's going around, no matter where you are. Yeah. I mean, the reality is reality. Right? Let's be real. Um, and also, um, boy, because whenever you are young, people always have this mindset that, oh, you cannot do this, you are not capable to do this. So I felt that, hey, um, I think the connotation that is given, right, it's not the actual truth. It's actually a connotation that is actually uh, created by individuals themselves and who they are. I'm just going to be very frank and honest. It's by the opposite of all this. The opposite of millennial, the opposite of a boy, the opposite of that, which is this. So the opposite of who I am, that's when I condemn people. The opposite of millennial, meaning whoever that's not millennial, the gen Y, gen Z, whatever it is, they are <laughs> oh, there are millennials are like that, right? Millennials are like that, right? And of course, Malay and then boy lah. So I feel that for us to actually <laughs> shift that, that, I think that, that's the reason why I decided to do that lah. And that's why usually when I use a hashtag, it's always tagged to a content that I feel that should be positive and influence people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's it. I think what you are trying to do in the process, and if I understand you well enough, right, is you are trying to make the diff the the significant difference of who you are into something that is impactful, mm. right? Because what you mentioned, like the word that, the word millennial, the word the word Malay, the word boy, each of these have a significant impact on individuals and as well as groups. Yep. And each of these, uh, through through the actions that you take, through the work that you do, you're trying to show, you're trying to demonstrate that, you know, I am all of this and yet none of it. Yep. Right? And you're trying to demonstrate that in your in the way that you do things. And the hashtag just brings attention to, I am all of this, I am that person, I am a millennial, I am a Malay, I'm a boy. But yet, all the stereotypes that you have with regards to this doesn't necessarily equate to me. Mm. I am, I am all of this and more. Yep. And I think that is that is really great in what you are trying to do and trying to demonstrate. Uh, and also, um, I think your new hashtag is really be real, mm. Yeah. This this <laughs> recent <laughs> this recent few conversations has been a lot of that, right? Be real, be real, be authentic, right? Let's let's not means our words. Let's not be so particular about you know making sure that everything's so fine and dandy yeah. but but let's be real about the situation and this is the current situation this is the reality uh yeah. then let's do something about it right not not just just try and like just i don't know cover it up and stuff like that yeah, yeah. so thanks for thanks for sharing all these it's really yeah. great and wonderful to see you being a part of all these <laughs> little movements here and there and and really doing great work in general uh, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in community, whether it's just in the social media space. Um, who knows, you might be the next Sujimi, right? <laughs> Given where you might be moving to and and you wouldn't know really. Uh, um, I know Sujimi is very well respected uh, as, yep. a, as a public influencer. Yes. Uh, given his background as well. And he has a large following, young and old across the borders and so on and so forth. Yep. And uh, one of the things that, that came to me over this period of time, not just COVID, but really just over this period of time from last year to this year, uh, was that, you know, um, this this period of time is also of change. Mm -hmm. Change uh, of legacies, change of uh, people just take stepping up and 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 I don't know, just just owning who they are. Right. And and one of the things that that someone mentioned to me, hey Michelle, you can be 
you know, you can be this next. You can be the person that you perhaps respect or admire. You don't have to be everything. <laughs> there we go. National Day Parade 2020, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. This is essential service, guys. Yeah, there yeah. was apparently a, a, a complaint about uh, why is RSAF still flying their planes when the commercial planes are grounded? Mm. Yeah, uh, they, they should still fly. I think I feel a lot safer with them flying. Yeah. One more coming through. <laughs> That's what happens when you live pretty near a base. Okay, so yeah, so so uh so one of the things that kind of triggered me was really hey, Michelle, you can be this person too. You don't have to be living in this person's shadow or or to say that oh this person is recognized as this and therefore there's no space for you to enter. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was really meaningful for me as well. Yeah, so perhaps to just end off today's session, uh, really is to appeal one more time uh, to donate um, because it's just uh, part of the, the spirit of abundance, the, the spirit of Ramadan to actually say, hey, can we give beyond what we currently have uh, as well? So I think as, as what um, Shukri mentioned earlier, you know, uh, uh, Ramadan is a period of time where it is about giving and sharing and uh, about sacrifice, right? And I'm not asking any all of us to just sacrifice whatever we have. So if you only have $10 in your account, don't say I want to donate $20. Nah. That yeah. is very impractical, right? And I need to go and borrow another $10 so I can donate $20. But if you have $10 in your account and you say, you know, I think I would like to give five, yep. right? And, and, and the, uh, the next $5 is ready to take care of yourself. Right, because the more the, the if you can take care of yourself, then you can get another five dollars eventually, and then you can then give again. Right. So so I think it's I think like what we mentioned earlier was about moderation, being able to see that that you know if I have one thousand dollars in my account, then essentially I can give five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's it's not it's not what you want to give, but what you can give. And if you say out of the ten dollars, I really need eight dollars because I've got four mouths to feed at home. Thank you, four dollars, lah. Right. So, so, yes. Let's say they, let's say they, even if they say that, oh, I, I don't think even I have money. And if you're actually watching this, you can actually do something, right? They can actually even do their own life to spread this QR code around and get more people to actually. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, can benefit more people also. Yeah. So, so what I will, I, I mean, definitely that's something that can be done, right? So, um. I will be sharing the QR code on its own together with the, the URL uh, onto our Chrysalis page, right? And if you want, you can just share that. Just share the QR code with the link and then say that, you know, this is something that I, I've heard, I've attended, I think it's meaningful. Yep. Uh, I like people to support. That's one way of doing it. Of course, there's another way of doing it where you can then now also just take out your phone and then just scan this QR code now and then just do a small donation. I think at this point in time, uh, just before we went live earlier on, uh, we were at about 24% of hitting the target of $2 million. I think it was at 450-something thousand. Wow. Right. Yeah. So so I, I think it's a good move. And, and I think it's... And I, because I just read a bit more detail about this this uh, this donation thing, right? Uh, yep. It's not just for the underprivileged families, but it's also for the frontline healthcare workers and people All like right. that to, to you know, be able to buy them a meal, uh, for them to book up wasa in... In, in not such a rush fashion, like, oh no, where am I going to find time to go and buy food, right? Yep. Yeah, so I thought it's really meaningful. Yeah, and, and yeah, so if you can just please support, 
uh, this. It's really not for us to earn anything. Uh, for us, I think it's just about spreading the word and sharing what does Ramadan mean to us. Um, and, and yeah, so thank you very much for watching this live. Thank you very much for Shukri to come on board and share. Tomorrow, we have Imran. Uh, Imran is from Paperback Packers. I shall not steal his thunder to share a little bit more about himself tomorrow. Uh, I'm yeah. going to let him do that. Uh, Imran is also a good friend of Shukri's, right? How long is your session with him? Sorry again? How long is your session with him? Oh, tomorrow? Probably uh, about the same amount of time. Yeah. Because he probably needs about three hours though. He needs about three hours? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, sure, sure. I will try and manage that. <laughs> I'm going to ask him, summarize, summarize into, into one hour. Right. Yeah. So, so I think, thank you everyone who has been watching. I know people have been flowing in and out. Uh, we have, I think, the highest number of views. We had, like, I think, 11 or 12 views at any one point in time. That's really great. Uh, we've got quite a number of people. That's Thank nice, you very much. Yeah, and I really hope that this session is actually uh, quite meaningful. I'm, I'm very encouraged. I think yesterday's uh, first episode, actually, I got one or two uh, FB messages to say that, you know, thanks for doing this live because uh, perhaps not many people are paying attention to Ramadan. They're paying more attention to COVID. Um, so hopefully this live actually provides a bit more perspective and a bit more sharing just from ordinary folks like you and I. Thank you once again. We're going to end the live. We'll see you when we see you tomorrow, 10 a.m. to see you on the same channel, same place. Thank you. Bye-bye.